So every week I go to this cafe uh, on a Friday with the guys that I train with in the morning. It's called Panavore. You would have heard me mention it on, on episodes. They, they sponsor our show. Tree, the owner of the cafe, not currently training in our gym, but has trained at our gym for a very long time. Big supporter of ours. Great coffee. Amazing sandwiches. Anyway, when you walk into Panavore, the whole team greets you. Hey, Joe, what's going on, man? What are you doing? Hey, do you watch the UFC? Like you just, you, all of a sudden you're in conversations. You feel like the most important person in the room. Now, yeah, it's a great feeling. You realize they do this to everyone. But here's the thing. They're just so friendly and so upfront and so warm with everyone that comes in. You can't help but love the joint. And, you know, this sits in stark contrast to some cafes that you walk into where, I don't know, you feel like they don't want you to be there. That, you know, the person behind the counter is a bit cold. You kind of feel a bit awkward standing around before you get to place your order. So it's just really different experiences. And, and what I'm getting at here is this customer service piece. Now, in gyms, warehouse gyms like ours, customer service is not generally something that's thought about. And I'll be honest, it's not something that, that we always thought about either. People walking in off the street have to approach this space that's quite intimidating and they stand there and they don't really know where to stand. And then, you know, someone's lifting some weights or whatever and they're like, hey, man, you, you're meeting someone? You know, it's kind of like a bit bit gruff. Oh, um, I just wanted to get some more information on the gym. It's a You can see already that it's not a really smooth journey for the person coming in. It's not typically the experience that I have every Friday at Panavore. And so today we're chatting, Pauline, Pauline and I, chatting about customer service and why this is so integral to your gym and some of the realities of it using cafes but also using our gym as an example so if you're in you know if you're doing the gym thing if you're doing the coaching thing if you're maybe you're in some other kind of service business get your notepad get your pen let's go time is of the essence so i thought i would open with a um I've always liked this post mm. from your man, functional coach, Logan mm. Gelbrick, who's been on the show prior, fam, you might have heard him, um, talking about leadership and coaching. An Instagram post that he made years ago, just one of many Instagram posts. Mm. But I printed it, I was like, fuck that, hits an nail on the head. I printed this Instagram post out mm -hmm. and I would give it to the people that came to our coaches intensive, just on one of, just at one of the modules where we're talking about um, coaching because it it says a lot and I think it kind of speaks a little bit to this customer service piece that we're exploring today. Tell us. So this is a picture of him coaching, but it says this business is essentially the skill of throwing a dinner party. The coach is the host. Number one, no matter how good you think your food is, people need to want to attend. Number two, good food is necessary but not sufficient. Three. Factors like who attends, the music, the atmosphere, the conversation, and the energy are not less important than the food. Number four, your performance depends on whether or not a visitor will come again indefinitely. Number five, if you want to make a real impact throwing dinner parties, then, you're, then other cooks must be able to work with you. Beautifully put. Simple, isn't it? You should print that back out. Yeah, it's fucking gold. We should get it kind of with a cool font and put it in a frame. Yeah, it would actually be... Places, yeah. yeah, like some, some principles. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it, customer service is in there. Coaching standard is in there. Mixed together. And all of it. Yeah. You know, the energy that you bring and stuff, but it, it goes a long way. It kind of points to that thing of you have to do a good job of everything. Totally. Cause and, yeah, oh, it's an experience for them from before they go there to when they walk through the door and they're hanging around the gym floor before the session actually starts. And then obviously the session itself, it's, it's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think kind of, the, you know, the trap that we fall into with the coaching thing is that we get so fixated on the skill set, like on the techniques, on the, the material, mm-hmm. that we forget all that other stuff's important. And it's like, hey, I got the best shit. I got the best fucking mobility shit. Or I got the best barbell shit. It doesn't matter. If someone doesn't like hanging around you or they don't, or, or they are intimidated by you or by the space they're in where you're trying to peddle your material, then none of it has an impact anyway. We've seen it before with many coaches. Well, I'd like, say we all go th- – do you think we all go through it? Oh, yeah. I mean just more amplified in some than others where it's yeah. like, well, I can do all the shit, all the cool shit. Yeah. And I know all the coaching standards and I've been coached by the best, so therefore I don't have to have a personality. That's right. Yeah, because the material is all that matters. I'm going to put my fucking out there music on. Mm. Even though you don't dig it, you probably should because I do all the cool shit. That's right. And if you knew the context behind this track, that's right, you would appreciate it <laughs> oh, too. God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the movement game is, um, is rife with that, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's kind of this counterculture thing and yeah I'm fucking you know I say that I, I did it myself a lot where you, you just you really think that it's the be all and end all and then once you've been whatever running the gym for a while you realize nah, actually it's just about like meeting people where they're at making sure they're having a good time and helping them like get a bit fitter get stronger you know get more flexible like you know whatever like learning all those capacities that that are involved in the material but it's not the material that's just a part of the thing. It's a part of it, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you, because you spoke about it a lot, the, that Hospo book that you read? Yes. What was it called? I think it was called Setting the Table. Yes. It's up It's up over there, isn't it? Yeah, I can't remember who wrote it. Yeah. Some, some I can't see from this far away. Uh, it's, it's there. I'm blind. <laughs> um, yeah. What was, it, what was it about that that, like what struck a chord with you? Well, I don't know whether Galt, Logan, Logan's post there came into our scope first or whether it was something that we came up with and I, I remember you always coining it and that's how we've always explained it through our internships, which is the, the dinner party idea and, and that really just speaks to me because I like a dinner party, I like to host and I'm a real service type guy coming from the role that we played in the film industry and stuff like that as well. But, um, you know, it struck a chord because this guy was just basically talking about taking that analogy and, it, well, had, outplaying that in his restaurant businesses that he started. And for me, just aligned with everything that kind of we were doing with coaching here. Um, but it was a focus on hospitality and he kind of – if I remember, uh, asserted some definitions of what hospitality is separate to what service is. Uh, and that really kind of spoke to me. 
So he would say that service is something that like most people can provide, which is um, I run my classes on time, the programs are presented well, I follow the formula of how to coach, provide a bit of context with the movements, I got my cues, everything runs really, really well. But hospitality is that X factor, which not everyone can give. And if you separate the two, you can really work on your hospitality part. And he, he kind of describes that as getting the customer, uh, making the customer feel like you're on their side. Mm. So uh, he describes in the book these different ideas and, and practically speaking, it would be, you know, remembering their name remembering their order, remembering a comment that they made about a certain dish and when they come back or maybe it's something about the the table or something like that that they enjoy and next time they make the booking, they turn up and you go, you're there and you're like, hey, I remember you like this window, right? And this is yours. Um, It's going that extra step to show them that you really care about their experience there. Um, And anyway, that just put a shift in my mind with, you know, how we would approach people coming in here. To uh, And this was at a point where in our business we were trying to, we weren't necessarily scaling, but we're trying to replicate something that I would say was in comes more naturally to you, myself and T. Yeah. And trying to teach that to the other people and also try to help identify the qualities that we're looking to hire. Yes. Because, you know, you, start, you you hire a few people and it, it's just not happening and you're like, what is it about them? You know, what is it? Yeah. What is it that we need to be teaching them or telling them or looking out for? And at that time that book, book came into my scope, I was like, oh, fuck, that's totally it. And he, he goes into HR and stuff and he speaks about um, when you do hire, you basically want to have the person that has 51% that X factor hospitality where they care and they will go beyond what's on the, you know, what – what their job description um, says that they need to do to make that customer feel good. You want 51% that and 49% proficiency in all the other things because you cannot teach that hospitality piece. Right. Um, why so what, do you know, do you remember why the claim is that you can't teach it? Like what is it about it that makes it well, there it, or not? Well, it's 51%. So I think you can teach it. Yeah. It's not 70%. Do you know what I mean? So I think that um, someone either has the potential for it and can be, you know, not really practicing it, or maybe they just don't have the potential for it at all. Yeah. So I think you can teach it, but I think there's a line where someone, it's a lost cause potentially. Right. Yeah, I guess, I'm guessing, you know, if there's someone who doesn't, doesn't really value doesn't really understand what like what that is to to look after someone and doesn't really value that as a thing then potentially if you can't really explain it to them as something that's required then they're not going to be able to yeah like if they don't see the value in it how can they then embody it yeah and 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 well and i and i, I he didn't necessarily offer um like you know a 50 question questionnaire for when you're trying to hire someone but i think because i think most people can identify it and see the value in it but some people just cannot be empathetic in that way yeah it's like oh logically it makes sense to 
to consider that. It's going to get better business. But actually acting it out, I think that comes down to something that you probably learned in the first 12 years of your life maybe. Mm, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, I, I think I think with that, like, I'm not sure how this fits with, say, what the book posits, but I feel like um, I know it's often overlooked. Like, it's just kind of assumed that if you're in a customer service role that you're going to be, like, mindful of, like, serving that person. Mm. And, you know, so when it's assumed, then it's not explicitly stated in the training. Yeah. Hey, this is, this, is, this is one of the requirements of this role. Yeah. You gotta be fucking looking after people. You gotta go and say good day. You gotta smile, look them in the eyes. Yeah, you know, remember yep. their name. Blah, blah. Like it is done in some places, and I think when you know, you know, it always comes to mind mm. is um, with customer service. Um, America. Well, America, yeah, but Hems, Justin Hems, mm. Maryvale, big hospitality company here in Australia, basically dominate the market with all the coolest fucking new restaurants and shit. Every single time you go into one of their places, you're met by very nice people. Like I've, I, I'm sure they're out there, but I've, mm-hmm. I can't remember ever having had like a negative experience at one of their restaurants. So that guy who wrote this book, I think he wrote it in the early 90s at a time where um, it was like the birth of what we know is to be Hems, which is when restaurants started f- fucking fusing, opposing things together and creating neo experiences with food and hospitality. And I'm pretty sure that book is a bit of a Bible for people like Hems. So he built this philosophy of hospitality for restaurateurs. Yeah. Wrote the book. And then um, he, he, he's, he basically has then gone and opened up all different restaurants based on this principle and they're all successful. And he, that's his main thing that he goes into his businesses with and, and I guess definitely I would say Hems has those standards across all of his venues as well. Yeah. And has, you know, success seems to have successfully rolled it out in a scaling business. Which, you know, that's that's the challenge, isn't it? It's kinda like what we the you were saying originally how like we came to the this idea of fuck we need to be able to teach this to people. I'd like to have some workers of any one of the Maryvale <laughs> Uh, venues come in and just message us about the realities of it. Like, yeah, it's all right, but I can treat us like shit. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> I know, I've, no I've spoken with some folks. Every time I meet someone who works in that organization or whatever, I actually only ever hear good stories. You know, like that. it seems like, I mean, they, they obviously have a lot of financial power as well, so they can look after the people they need to look after, but they, they seem really good at looking after the, the individuals that, you know, that do make that difference. So here's the other thing that the book says, which was a bit of a, you know... Hems is a dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) Dickhead. (laughs) What's it say? Um, It says that uh, a a key part of the philosophy is, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, it's staff before customers. Usually businesses like customers come first, uh, it's an idea of staff comes before customers. So you can only implement something like what we were speaking about with hospitality if the people are looked after in short. And it makes a lot of sense. He goes into it deeper and I can't remember all of the points he makes. But he has a high level of, well, he's really big on selecting the right people and then looking after those people. Because those people are the lifeblood of your 
business. They, they're on the front line. Right. They're on the front line doing the shit. Um, and if you look after them, then the customers are going to be looked after. Makes but if sense. you're just focusing on the customers alone and everyone else is pissed off, well, it's yeah. a house of cards. You know, it makes me but think. Anyway. I had um, this morning I went to Panavore. I show sponsor we're not drinking their coffee today because it's a short episode but um tree did offer he said you need coffee for the pod right mm. and that, and that kind of goes into my point that i'm about to make but uh i go there every friday with the guys we train in the morning and then we go there and have delicious breakfast and um it's always awesome you know you walk in and i know like there's tash uh Choey, tree bella behind the counter they're all like hey good morning I'm talking to Joey about UFC. Tree's like, hey, man, what's going on? How's, how's the family? You know, blah, blah, blah. Bella's like, hey, doing Joey? Takes my order, like, knows my order. Like, it's this, you know, this whole thing. Now, they pretty much do that. I mean, Joey and I have a special UFC connection. We're always talking about His name's Joey? Joey, Korean guy. So good. So good, hey. That's how Penny used to say your name. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Joey. <laughs> hey, yeah, man. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But so, you know, it's like this whole encompassing thing. You, you watch Tree and he has that with most people that go in there. Mm. He's fucking dropping, hey, man, how was that thing the other day? How you doing? I saw you. Like he's just so good at connecting with every person that comes in. It's tiring, right? Like you, you're like, man, like he's re- he really puts a lot of effort into that. There's a cafe that I go to when I work from home. It's, an, it's like a nice kind of 20-minute walk from my house. So I like it. I walk there, get a coffee, and then I walk like to the gym where I go near home and do my stretching. And um, it's cool. It's run by some young guys. They're cool. They do a great job. They serve cream with their coffee, with the long black. So like I like that. So I go there for yeah. that. And they're always nice. They usually – they'll always say hello and, and, you know, I'll say goodbye and stuff. But they never – they never make any attempt to connect with me beyond – Hey, how you going? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Long black today? Yep. Okay, mate. We'll bring it over. There's never like a... And I'm always... Look, I'm always trying to... uh, You know, I like talking to people. You're the same. I'm looking for the... Hey, what do you... You know, we see you here a couple times a week. What's the deal? You live nearby or... Oh, dude, fuck. You wrestle? Like, you know, like just something, right? And even I have conversations with customers that come in. I saw Robbie Volpato in there, <laughs> old, old friend of ours, is chatting with Robbie, right? And Robbie knows them because they're all Italian, I think. And so I'm like, there's a thing, there's a connection there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like craving it as a customer. Yeah. And it's at a thing now where I'm like, eh, you know, I only go there because they got the cream. I'm gonna, if I found a different cafe that sold the product I wanted, Long Black with Cream, I'd go there. And um, it really makes me think like they're missing a trick. You know, and of course, like they've got so many things to think about. I'm not putting blame on any small business owner, but I do think it's a ball drop when you like the, and this kind of speaks to your point as well about looking after all the books point about looking after the staff, mm. the barista, the person, whether it's the barista or it's the person who's at the counter next to the barista taking the orders, that fucking person is so important at a cafe. Absolutely. They've got to bro down with everyone that's walking in. If they fucking bro down and have that little bit of rapport with every person that comes in, you get excited to go back there. Ah, oh, fuck, I love my cafe. Dude's a legend, you know? Mm. Versus, ah, oh, they're okay. They're no, I don't really know them. They don't know my name. They know what I drink, but they're a bit dry. Maybe they're a bit hip and they don't, you know, they don't connect. So true. I wish we could send this episode to those guys. I kind of feel like we should tell them. Yeah, I kind of feel like <laughs> telling them too in a way. But, it, but they'll be like, 
fuck, who's that guy telling me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't remember him. That's so funny. But uh, and for other listeners, I suppose, that's funny also. I'm laughing at this conversation about the coffee shops because we're in the context of Sydney coffee culture, which is, which is an Australian thing. I think it's not worldwide that we we have the choice of coffee shops and it's a thing here where yeah it's it's a it's almost like a a fine a fine experience these days it is but but i would say if you even if you stripped away that kind of elitism we have about the coffee subculture it still matters it's still like mo- like say you most people are probably still going to get a coffee be it a good one or a shit one yeah you know from some place you know um I'm trying to think, um, like, McDonald's, right, face, like, kind of faceless. But they will sort of hit those, they, there's no rapport there, but they will hit that, hey, how are you doing today? Can I take your order? Like, even when you go to a place like, like, like that is the pinnacle of systemization, you know? And you're like, it's fucking fast food place, but you're like, damn. Yeah, oh, okay, hey, here's my order. And then they repeat the order or just check it on the screen there. Is that, yep. Like they're giving you their, every, everything you need right there. Mm. Confirmation, you come around, nice smiley face, usually someone young, mm. pimply. But there's, some, I don't know, there's something in that, that consistency and like hitting those marks of, maybe that's actually a shit example because it kind of, it sort of is a bit of a, um, a non... Um, well, it's become a bit of a monopoly now, like... When you're there, it's convenience and you know what you're getting. Yeah. But definitely in those more competitive markets where, you, you know, if the guy next door is having cream in the coffee, then I'm just going to go. Like it, it becomes a key part to continuing to engage your customers. So like if you're the only coffee shop in Sydney, then you can be a complete asshole. That's right. Or the only gym. Or the only gym. Yeah. So – so here's the thing. Talk to me on this then. So one thing we know about gyms, and I think that this is um, this is often forgotten by the people who are inside the gym. Gyms are intimidating for outsiders walking in. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I guess that's why we do need to tap into these conversations we're having about service and custom service and hospitality because part of our job is helping people. So we're trying to help get them through you know, that valley or, or over that, the, the resistance for them to come in. Um, so you were saying? Well, when you, like, even I, I feel this as a, you know, as a gym guy and a gym owner, I get intimidated when I walk past like a warehouse gym. If I'm mm. in some play, part of town, I walk past a CrossFit gym <clears> and, you know, barbells getting dumped and people, I'm, I don't look directly in there. Yep. Because you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, 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 what going on? You know, you're like, yeah. but I'm intrigued, yeah. And I, so I feel that, and I feel it. My, you know, here to an extent, when I get out of the car in the morning and I roll up to the gym and there's people training and lit and it's and they're all looking outside, yeah. And I feel like they're all looking at me, yeah. And I, I think it's really easy to just not give weight to that in the way that. It's gonna, like in the way that a new person, like you need to be able to try and see it mm. in from their eyes. Mm-hmm. And if I feel that as the mm-hmm. owner of mm-hmm. the fucking joint, for them it's going to be like 100x, you know? So 
Fuck, I just put myself in that person's shoes for a second. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine you imagine you walking part, you're like, I'm gonna go check out that gym. And you come down and there's a guy over the road in the sun, Dill just walked back in the office, and he's got his shirt off and he's jacked and he's fucking doing spinal waves. <laughs> Literally that's just what was happening yeah. to people. <laughs> and then you're like, Holy shit and then you come you're like, oh, I'm fucking going fuck it. Don't and, be scared. And, and then maybe when you come to the roller door, everyone's facing the front. We haven't even got there yet. There's, so oh. there's a small group on the deck. Oh, shit. And Chloe's got, they're doing fucking splits and shit. And it's like these <laughs> jacked women, you know, who are super flexible and, and, and muscled up. You're like, whoa, damn. That girl looks like a bodybuilder because, you know, you don't know about, you know. Yeah. Like you're just like, oh, my God, everyone here is so fucking elite. And then you get to the roller door and it's lift class and people jumping barbells and the music's pumping and high fives and shit and you're like oh my god and maybe it's you at the front of the class and it's like oh my god there's this jacked black guy everyone in this place is yoked we know that's not the case we know there's all kinds of people in there. there's the injured person over there there's a person over there that's never done exercise before they're deadlifting with a fucking broomstick today you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. but the outsider only sees the extremes mm. and because they're coming from that place of like vulnerability or insecurity they just see what's beyond them mm-hmm. um i f- i think that like it's it's almost like the first step in that hospo piece is when that person approaches like steps onto the grounds of the gym someone has to get in their face and welcome them and and put their mind at ease as quick as possible yep makes a lot of sense fuck you made that terrifying but it's the reality of it Cause I didn't even drop myself into the scenario. Imagine oh. I'm fucking my top off dog, Jesus. doing some Cossacks or some shit, just maths and flexibility. You know what I mean? Cauliflower oh ears, God. just fucking in the sun. Shit, Jesus. But, uh, uh, but <laughs> um, and a celebrity on top of that, right? Oh my God, I know that guy. I know that guy. Um, yeah, yeah. You got to get, you got to cut that in and. And so we know it. Sometimes here it doesn't happen. So if someone steps up, they've got to wait, you know, a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because everyone's busy. Coaches are doing PT. Coaches are running the class. And then someone's like, hey, man. I had it when I went to a gym. Uh, I stopped by a gym up, up the coast somewhere. Some guy, I can't remember what the guy said to me. I was there to meet the owner of the gym who I knew. Was, you know, was a friend of mine. But it was like one of his young coaches. I can't remember what he said to me when I walked in. But he was running like a strength class for like a rugby team or something. So there's all these like early kind of young fellas around Oof. you know yeah and he said something to me that just really put me offside i, I can't remember what it was but it was it, i really don't but it was it was something it kind of made me feel like he kind of took no notice of the fact that i probably do train and he kind of just sort of gave me some hey man like we're in the middle of the thing or something yeah. yeah and i was like fuck bruh like sort of thing um so yeah imagine right that for someone who's already feeling vulnerable and out of shape and like yeah this is the fourth time they've been to a gym this year and they're going to make it work this time absolutely yeah that's that's probably at the stage where that that is the, the moment that the person is the most vulnerable in the gym when they step the front the, they've taken their first step into the space so absolutely we, I think we do a good job of it for a place that doesn't have a front desk because that's tricky. Yeah. Um, but it's a known practice to cut and, and drop what you're doing if someone wanders into the gym. If you're in a PT, you know, 99% of the time there's, there's no 
problem with you saying, hey, can you just hold for a second? I'm just going to see if this guy's okay. And then walk straight up to him and, and say, hey, is someone helping you at the moment? Or are you here to meet someone? Hey, man, are you okay? Are you, are you okay? Yeah. You look really fucked up. You right train now. here, bro? <laughs> you should. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, so... I mean, but we didn't always have that, did we? No. Like, it was, it was us in the beginning, and it was our gym. Yeah. And so it was really easy for us just to be like, oh, wow, potential member. Hey, what's going on? I haven't seen you before. Yeah. How yeah, are you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like smiles and, you know, connection instantly. But then I remember as soon as we started to bring on other coaches, you know, they got like everyone's got some insecurities. Everyone's a little bit nervous about going up to a stranger. So it, we assumed that new coaches would just go and greet these people in the same way that we had. <laughs> but the reality is we, we hadn't told them explicitly and, you know, whatever. They're busy training their client or doing or their doing, sets. doing their own training. Yeah. Is often when they'll just go into focus mode. Yeah. And it's all, yeah, and, it, and it's this weird fucking thing with us humans where we, we kind of avoid connecting with a stranger like, oh, I see someone there. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Mm. I'm going to show them how focused I am. <laughs> kind of thing. You're sort of worried about yourself mm-hmm. versus like, yeah, it's, I don't know. So tell me this now. Mm. Do you have a system for training the coaches in here or like, you know, on this, like on say that, like which is, we're, you know, we're talking about customer service, hospo. Let's say that's like one of the first parts of it. Like someone walks in, you go and fucking greet them. Yeah. Have you actually explicitly gone through that? Yeah, we have an onboarding process for coaches and inside of that has expectations of you as a coach. And if I haven't gone through it for some time, but um, part of that is that whenever you're on the gym floor, you're available. You're a coach. It doesn't switch on and off when you finish coaching the class. You're a leader of the community, therefore you're there. When you walk down the stairs from the office up here, you're available to people, so don't ignore them. Um, that includes when someone comes to the door, you need to go and approach that person and ask them if they're okay, are they meeting someone? Um, and then it goes on beyond that to, you know, if they're meeting someone, just ask them to wait there, show them where the, you know, the toilets, the facilities are, where they can put their bag and then we'll just go and grab that coach, make sure that they're okay so they can connect them with them. Um, but I guess part of the other part of any, our system, I guess, is, um, to have a, a review or reflection or feedback loop for any system. So I guess yeah, for any system that's in here, we have the other system, which is our weekly meeting, you know, to be simply put. But it's kind of an important thing to recognise because not everyone can see everything and, you know, you have to have an area where people feel like they can give feedback and a space where we like an understanding that we we give it because we want to reflect on it and then become better at it so um aside from having that at the head of an onboard for anyone here there's a way in which we can speak to each other about that do you know what i mean yeah hey someone walked in the other day and i was upstairs and i could see that they were there for a while and i saw that you you know you could have just done x and y can we talk about that sort of thing um but yeah, uh, I guess the other part of that is the culture that you're in. And, you know, something that we try to do actively, which is just curate the culture in the office. And that is of customer service that we are leaders and we're trying to help people, that we're 
the torchbearers for anyone that, you know, I guess I think that that's just important to mention because we all know what the expectations are of us and what we're trying to become here. So we have, you know, our coaches creed and stuff like that, that helps reinforce how you should be carrying yourself in relation to say a strange face walking into the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I think um, we'll wrap it up in a sec. I think um, something that's, that's really good that I, I, I still actually, I probably do it a little bit more now than I did when I was working here. Cause since I, I don't officially work here, even though I'm still here most of the time, I don't. I have a bit more bandwidth, a bit more space in my mind to yep. consider other parts of the business. And something that someone told me a while ago, which has been helpful, is to like walk up to your gym from from where people walk to it from. So walk mm. down the road, yep, and observe it through their eyes. Sure. So observe it from the point of view of someone who doesn't train there mm-hmm. and observe the signage and the entrance and you know what are you saying is the sign a little bit obscured is the entrance is there shit in the way does it feel welcoming is there something you know someone training in a spot there where it makes it actually really hard to step into the front of the joint mm. and i was like fuck that's actually really good um and i find that doing that at least once but kind of doing that regularly allows you to kind of i don't know to to stay on top of like some of these some of these spots where these things can arise where you're like holy shit no one greets people coming into my gym Mm. holy shit you can't actually see the sign from this part of the road because there's a tree covering it yeah simple stuff like that yeah yeah i guess that's that you could say that's uh part of like that exercise that we'll often do which is the member's journey and just walking through every step of a member's journeys from like when they when we first came into their scope of existence all the way through to you know the life of their lifespan in here and kind of analyzing that's a really good one though for the physical space and that little that little gateway where they pass into yeah so what did you find well i mean i haven't <laughs> i haven't done it here for a while but uh, you know there, there's kind of things like um if the if the if the garden is a mess and it's hanging out over the footpath, you're like, well, actually, that's just some kind of impedance here, you know, in a subtle way, yeah, subconscious way, yeah. Yep. But there was a point where we had like a new letterbox put in. The letterbox was covering the covering the information on the gym on the sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like that's actually got to go because that sign's there to communicate something, and now you can't. It's not doing that, mm. you know. And for dr- cars driving by at a certain point, they can't see that. You know, so little things like that is, you know, probably due to do it again. It's UX. It's UX, baby. It's it's true. I mean, as you spoke about that, I was like, oh, fuck, I wonder if our lifters could all face the other direction. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it made me think of me training in the right in the spot there. Remember I was... Front. Yeah, remember I was talking about putting the TVs under the thing? We tried. Well, yeah. it's, it's shit for noise, it's, isn't it's, it? It's shit for... And we spoke about it just yesterday because we're making some changes. Like, we have tried every other place in our gym and we're kind of cornered by walls and certain things that's unique to the space. But mm. it's at the space that it's the best right now. But it does it does make me think about just that entrance way and making people feel more safe to step up to it. Yeah. You know? Um, so, 
way to give me some more things to think about. Yeah, there you go, bro. I'll send you some feedback. Yeah. Big email incoming. <laughs> um, thanks. Hey, uh, we got the next Coaches Intensive coming up in October. I can't remember the exact dates off my head, but if you listen to this and you like the idea of learning standards of coaching and becoming world-class in this realm and finding out how we do it here and how we prep the coaches in our gyms and you also want to be part of the Jungle Alliance and be eligible to sort of kick it with us, come and do the Coaches Intensive. You can find information on our website, junglealliance.com. Um, and you can get all the links there. You can contact me directly mm. and I can speak with you about it. Maybe you want to own your own gym and, and all these conversations are really appealing to you for running a community and being a small business owner and um, maybe this is all appealing and, and you really want to own your own gym. Well, Yeah, that's where it all starts, right? Let's do it. That is where it starts. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. See you guys.